Well, good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you're joining us online, whether it's through our app, Facebook. We're so glad that you're joining us for church because that's what God calls us to be. He calls us to be the church. And you know, it's so amazing that there's a lot of ways that we can actually continue to stay connected. And so if you haven't already, be sure to download our New Hope Church app where you can actually see all our, all our services. And if you don't know how to do that, you can actually do this right here where text NHC Hilo to that number and you'll get you'll be able to download our new hope church app that's where you can watch live stream you can even watch our past messages it's so amazing and so do that right now and i know some of you are watching us on facebook and what's really cool about watching us live on facebook is that you can actually watch and if you have any questions or comments you can actually write that in and what's so amazing is we actually have a lot of our pastors here ready to answer any questions or uh, let you know whatever information that you're looking for so be sure to do that and yes we're gonna live stream every uh, every service so we actually have one more service for today which is 11 and then also we have our uh we also have sun uh we have wednesday night at 6 30 so be sure to join us online for church and also, we just want to let you know, too, that because of what's happening, our church office hours have actually changed. So we'll be actually open our church office every from Tuesday to Friday from 9 a.m. to 12 noon. So we want to be able to serve you that way. But we just thank you so much. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening, but be sure to just continue to share and shine the light of Jesus. You know, the whole greeting here, here in Hawaii, we like to greet, but I know we can't really do that right now because of social distancing. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. There's the air five there's the air hug there's a self handshake there's the what's up there's a shaka and of course there's the wakanda there's a kids and play there's a lot of ways but continue to share the love of jesus and with that said we're actually going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings and so you might be wondering well how are you going to receive our tithes and offerings you're you're there and i'm here well, there's actually ways that you can actually give online through our app, as well as on our website. And so there's many ways that you can give. Also, feel free to still write checks and you can actually mail them into our church office here at 840 Kupalau Road, Hilo, Hawaii, 96720. And you know, it's, I know it's such an interesting time that we're facing right now. But you know, it's so amazing as God is continuing to bless his people. In fact, last week, we had we did this song at the end of service during communion. And what was so amazing is that uh, my wife Katie took a little video and I wanted to share it with you guys. So take a look. You know, what's so amazing is that that was actually my daughter, Brianne, and my wife, Katie, actually filmed her uh, as we were doing the song, The Blessing. And what I love about it is that my daughter is five years old. And last week, she not only received the blessing, but she reminded me that everything we have is because we're blessed by God. And even in this time of uncertainty and, 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 and interesting moments, we still are blessed by God. As the Lord... We just thank you so much. And what's so amazing is as we continue to give to the Lord, 
as we give our Lord, as we give the Lord our tithes and offerings, He continues to take it and use it to bless others. And so let's pray for our tithes and offerings right now. Lord, we come before you this morning, and Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, that even in this time that we're going through right now, this season, Lord, you still reign above it all. And what's so amazing, Lord, is you continuously to bless your people, Lord. And so, Lord, this morning as we give you our tithes and offerings, we do so knowing that, Lord, we are already blessed, not because of all the things we have, but because you are our God. And Lord, you continue to bless us no matter what the circumstance. And Lord, as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so knowing that you're going to take it to bless others. And so, Lord, we look forward to what we're going to do in this season and all seasons because, Lord, you reign above it all. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Well, Pastor Sheldon is actually continuing in his series big God, small world, and he's going to share with us God's cure for giving up. Well, good morning again, everyone. If you just joined us online, we want to welcome you. And wherever you are around the world, in fact, there are people that are online right now. I wanted to greet them. And we have people, of course, in Hawaii, but in California, we welcome you. Aloha. Colorado, Washington, Texas, Louisiana, Bill Kipo'o, Haiti <laughs> and our Hula sisters. Well, Where that's what, that? that's what I, I, because we wanted to greet, of course, some of our congregational oh, okay. members. I thought that, that was his, he's his own state now. Yeah, yeah he's, his own, he's his own city. Yeah. Yeah. I live Bill Kopo'o. That's where I live. I moved from Honoka'a to Bill Kopo'o. Bill Kopo'o. Kopo'o. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a new place. So I, I, we have Kat here this morning, and Kat Kunanui is a part of our worship team. She's our program director here on our staff team. And I thought I wanted to talk to her a little bit because we're going to be talking about God's cure for giving up. And I'm sure you had times in your life that you wanted to, first of all, what are you wearing? I'm wearing my pajamas because we're streaming online. We're having church in your living room. We're coming into your home. So I figure I make you feel more comfortable by if I dress like you guys. Because <laughs> I know there's some of you that are watching online in your pajamas still. Yeah. So I'm kind of okay. like giving that feel of, yes, I'm in your cool. living room right now. And Wonder Woman. Of course. <laughs> is, that your, is that your superhero? That's my superhero. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I have my little, my grandson mug. Oh, uh, okay. Mug. Okay. So anyway, um, what were we talking about? Yeah, so <laughs> just thinking about giving up. Because oh. I'm sure there are times in our lives, in your life, that maybe you felt like giving up. You may be in a season right now, you feel like giving up. But was there a time you felt like giving up? And if so, what caused you to continue to move forward? Or? Well, I had a, a period in my life where, yeah, I did. Because mm-hmm. I felt like just make bad decision after bad decision and it it piles up and it Mm -hmm. adds up and then now you're dealing with the consequences of your bad decisions and then it doesn't go away it doesn't just disappear Mm -hmm. you know and things are starting to catch up with me you know I was a single mom I was um with these kids that are looking to me for guidance and what am I going to do and not freak out in front of them I had fear I had worry I had anger I had bitterness Um, I kind of was just losing hope at a point Mm. because I was like, I can't do anything right. I can't get life right. I can't Mm. do this, you know. And then, of of course, uh, my sister is always, you got to come to church. You got to come to church. You got to seek the Lord. And I'm like, (laughs) I know that that's what I'm supposed to do. But, you know, when you're human and you're mad, sometimes that's the last place you want to be at is church where other people are singing and happy and hugging each other. 
but I, I listened and I, I came to church and I started listening to the messages and what was being said. And then I thought, you know, the Holy Spirit takes a hold of God, takes a hold of you and mm -hmm. starts softening your heart. And then little by little, I saw like, like the hope. I had no hope, so I came to new hope. Right. Get it? <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and then I started realizing that there is a God that, that loves me, cares for me, mm. that gave his son to die for me, even while I was still in the not so good parts. So who does that? What kind of God is this that mm -hmm. loves us even when we're not, yeah. you know, being great? So then I was like, I can, I can get with this and I need this. And then I found hope. And so I just kept coming back to church and just kept listening to the messages, mm -hmm. started really, um, looking for God, seeking God in the word and reading the Bible. And there's people that really helped me to understand what I was looking for. And I didn't know that I was looking for God mm. per se. I just wanted some kind of hope. Yeah. And this is where I found it. Which is interesting because that's where we are right now in our world. We just need hope. And as we talk about God being a big God in this small world, he's going to teach us the cure for giving up. Can we say thank you to Kat as she um, exits the stage? <laughs> I'm going I'm to dismiss you in your, your Wonder Woman uh, costume. Sorry about the camera work and things like that. But today we're going to be talking about God's cure for giving up. And that word giving up, sometimes we don't like that phrase because as parents, as coaches, you know, we always tell our children, don't you ever give up. As coaches, don't give up. You may be down some points, but you have this tenacity and competitiveness that says, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to move forward. I am going to make some good decisions so that I can become better and better and better, whatever it would be. So our hope today is that we would learn why it's important to understand that God has a cure for giving up. And what, what's the difference between just having a competitive spirit and God's cure for giving up? If, you, if you're using the church app, there is a place for notes that you can take on and it'll, it'll help you to follow along. And we're in this series, Big God, Small World. And, and really what this series is about is learning that we live in a small world, but we have a big God. And when this virus hit, it's like the world became that much smaller. Not only did the world become that much smaller, but now we have like common things to talk about. But at the same time, even though the world got smaller, sometimes we put God in that category and we make God smaller than who he really is. Sometimes we only look for a cure for something when we encounter difficult situations or when it's just too hard to endure. And God has all the wisdom, he has all the power, he has all the strength and resources to equip us so that we can continue to live the life that he purposed for us to live. Now, we, we were all, we're all going to have some type of situation that we're in that we're going to need a cure for. If you have a headache, you want a cure for the headache. So you grab aspirin or you take aspirin or you, you try to maybe, maybe massage your own head. Maybe you have a stomach ache. And so you take Pepto-Bismol or, or Tums or you eat crackers or something. You're trying to find a cure for what you're dealing with. For some of you, maybe when you're having a difficult time uh, with, with having body aches, maybe a, a warm bath, or maybe you, you, you are, are exhausted and you just need a nap. 
maybe even right now with this virus going around, because of it, you're disinfecting everything. You're cleaning everything. You're wiping down everything. Someone visits your home, you're spraying as they leave and they touch your door handle, you wipe down the door handle. Someone coughs around you, you run in the opposite direction. Like everything is clean now. All the clean freaks are like, what's the big deal? We always did this. But for those who do not disinfect or haven't, this is a brand new lifestyle. They're like, kids, we ain't using toothbrush to wash our teeth. We're using Clorox. This is what you're brushing your teeth with. No, this is what you're going to gargle with. Clorox. Clorox kills everything. So we Clorox everything. We walk in our house, we're like, I can't breathe because of all the chemicals. But we're doing that because of this virus. And we want a cure for it. What happens when we want to give up? Is there a cure for that? Or do we just muster up our energy and our creativity and, and, and our competitiveness to not give up? Because that's inside of us. We all have a competitive spirit somewhere. Just play Monopoly with some people. Play a competitive game. You will find out quickly who's competitive. We played Sorry, this, the board game, uh, the other night with our, with our grandchildren, and I lost. But I was gracious because they're learning how to play, and they beat me. But I could feel my competitive spirit coming up because it's in there. Sometimes giving up and not giving up is right before us, and because of our competitive spirit, we're able to not give up. Maybe we have enough foresight to say, if I give up now, I'm going to lose my relationship, my career, my family. And we say these things, so then something causes us to not give up. But there has to be more to life than how we feel and not giving up because we have a competitive spirit. Because there must be a difference between giving up because we have a competitive spirit and God's cure for giving up. Now, if we look at the two, the difference between not giving up and God's cure for giving up is that God has eternal value attached to his cure of giving up. There's significance in giving up and not giving up because God sees that there's a greater purpose in our life. So that value that God puts on us causes us to not give up. Let's look at what our, what our points say in our notes, because whenever we go through seasons of wanting to give up, just remember that God has the power. He has the strength and ability to cure our wanting to give up. And here's how, here's the first thing. Consider Jesus. Because sometimes we'll consider other things. We consider so many other things at times before we consider Jesus. We consider food, entertainment, worldly desires, alcohol, drugs, and illicit relationship. In fact, the other day, my grandson, who's 10 years old, he went to the refrigerator and he opened the refrigerator. And he does what most of us do. Oh, I don't know if I'm just speaking for men, but he opened the refrigerator and then he just stared. And he's staring at 
whatever's in there. And he keeps looking. I'm watching this and I, I'm thinking, now there's a man in training. So I taught him what we as men experience or what we know of. So I said, Jaden, close the refrigerator door. And he says, yeah, but I'm looking for something. I said, first of all, you're wasting electricity. The light bulb is on. All the cool air is going out. Close the refrigerator. Let me, let me tell you how a man looks for food. So he's all confused. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, when you go to the refrigerator, open it up, take a picture with your brain, memorize everything, close it, and then walk away. And then ponder on what you're going to eat. Then when you know what you're going to eat, go back to the refrigerator and then grab what you need. That way you don't waste electricity with the door open. He still didn't understand. <laughs> so he still has much to learn. But that's what we go to sometimes. We consider food. In fact, right now, because of the season we're in, some people are quarantined. Maybe you're self-quarantined and you're thinking of, what do I do? Well, we become hungry. So in this season right now, it almost feels like I, should, I, can, I can eat anything. I should be able to eat whatever I want because we are emotional eaters. So we turn to food. Some of us turn to entertainment. Right now is, is like the, the, the dream come true for all you Hallmark fans. It's a dream come true. All day, Hallmark. Maybe not all day. Maybe you just binge watch a little bit and then you, you know, clean up a little here and there. But it almost seems like in this season, we consider so many other things. I want to encourage you. Consider Jesus. And here's why. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, it tells us, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, anytime I have even a hint of growing weary, tired, exhausted, burdened, or fatigued, I look at myself and I say this, I, I have no nails in my hands. I have no nail, no nails in my feet. I have no thorns on my brow. And when I think of my life in that way, what I'm dealing with and my wanting to give in or my weariness or being tired and fatigued, all of a sudden slowly starts to diminish because that's what Jesus went through. He, he was nailed to the cross. Nails went through his hands, went through his feet, and a crown of thorns was placed on his brow. He went through the pain. He endured opposition. And if we can remember and consider him who endured opposition, we won't grow weary and we will not lose heart. When we consider Jesus and all that he did for us, we have no complaints and he empowers us to continue toward better days ahead because the days will get better. That's the whole example of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and then rising from the grave three days later. Right now, it feels like we're in the middle of that death, as it were. But there's the resurrection that comes. 
And as a believer, that's the hope that we have whenever we experience dark times, death, decay, destruction, is that we have a God who gives us the resurrection power. So whatever season you find yourself in, consider Jesus because then you won't lose heart. Consider. It'll change your perspective. Heidi and I were at Disneyland one time. Um, Heidi is my wife. And we were at Disneyland and we're standing in the line for about an hour and a half or maybe, maybe about 45 minutes all together, maybe an hour, half, two hours before we got on the ride. But in the middle of standing in this line, it's hot. We're tired. We're sweating. We're, we're waiting and waiting, but we're with each other. So we're enjoying the time. But uh, after a while, you feel weary. You feel tired. And uh, you almost begin to complain underneath the surface. But while I'm going through this, I'm watching a family and the parents with their children. And now their children are having a hard time because they've been there all day. You can tell they've been there all day. You know, when you walk in, your hair is all nice and your clothing is nice. The children look, all, you know, nice and pretty. Princess, a prince. And they have all their, you know, the sword and, you know, lightsaber. And the princess has her wand and her crown. At this point, the crown is gone. Hair is all over the place. And we can't even find the wand. Now they're dealing with this. And the children start to complain. Dad, how long more? And he says, I told you, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be about two hours. It's like watching a movie. But we're not watching a movie. I'm just giving you an example. I don't like that example. Now the children are frustrated. And I'm watching this. And then the other one says, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. And he says, I told you to go to the bathroom. I told you to go to the bathroom earlier. Now you got to wait. They keep complaining. My thought was, Right there, the bushes just go in the... I didn't, I didn't think that. They keep complaining. Finally, the parents say, you know what? We're done. We're leaving. They grab their children and they're leaving. They just go, oh, oh, daddy, oh, daddy. In my mind, I was like, lick them, lick them, lick them. Give them lickings. But that's just my heart. <laughs> Such a good heart. But I'm watching this and I thought, hey, my, my situation is not that bad. I'm with the love of my life. I'm with my Heidi. I'm with my best friend. The heat, the, 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 you know, just the, the long line and, and waiting in long line. This is nothing compared to what they're going through. And I thought that's what this scripture means when it says consider him who endured opposition. He endured opposition from sinners so that you and I would not grow weary and lose heart. I love the fact that we can consider because consider means that we think carefully about the situation before making a decision. And when life is heavy, you're tired, fatigued, exhausted, frustrated, angry, bitter, and feel like giving up, Consider Jesus because he never gave up on us. He endured so much opposition and endured the cross for us. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, we do this, speaking of us, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in place of honor beside God's throne. 
Yeah, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Consider Jesus. He went before us. He went through worse than what we're going through. And he came out of it glorified. Consider Jesus. Here's the second thing. Carry what is yours to carry. Just carry what is yours to carry. And what I mean by that is there are certain things that we're going to have to carry because it's our responsibilities, our responsibility. And then there are other things that we're not supposed to carry. Don't carry what you're not supposed to carry. How do we become weary? Well, we carry other people's burdens. Well, how do we not grow weary? What if we are already weary? What if we're already filled with anxiety and fears? Well, here's what 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 tells us. And this is Peter, one of the disciples, writing this down so that we could learn from him. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 tells us to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Just think about that. Jesus cares for us that much. Not only did he die for our sins, but he said, bring your worries to me. Cast your anxiety on me. Yeah, but there's so many burdens that I have. Yeah, but I care for you. So cast your cares on me. Cast your anxieties on me because I care for you. And there are so many things that we carry as fathers, as mothers, as a teenager, as a single person, a married person, a politician, county council, government official, mayor, governor, business owner, president, even as a citizen, we already carry burdens. And that, that already is a heavy responsibility just with who we are as individuals without, without even taking on other people's burdens. And then there are things that come our way that is just not ours to carry, but we take it on. And now, along with what we already carry as our responsibility, we have added weight. And because we have that added weight, our life and how we're built and designed is not enough to sustain our life. So we're drained quicker. We're tired quicker. It's like when we hook up our phone to one of those external batteries. The more phones you hook up to it, the more it drains that battery. And so it is with our responsibilities. The more we take on that is not ours to carry, the more burdened we'll be. The quicker we're drained, but instead of casting our anxiety on Jesus, sometimes what we do, and here's the dangerous part, we adapt and learn to live with those burdens. But it does come out. It comes out in anger and frustration and bitterness. And the problem with carrying the burdens we shouldn't is that something is going to eventually give out, if not already. Our health suffers, our loved ones suffer, our marriage suffers, our perspective suffers, resentment comes in, bitterness grows, and we become so overwhelmed that we just call it quits. And we're done. We give up. And we give up not 
not on policy or protocol. We actually give up on people. We give up on one another. And we throw in the towel. And the worst thing we can do in a season like this is to sacrifice relationships on the altar of perspective. Because we're all going to have a different perspective. We're all going to have our way of doing things. We're dealing with that right now, wherever you may be, in, in whatever state you're in. You're dealing with the issues of government officials making decisions that you may not agree with. You, you, you're dealing with your city and county. And yes, we all have our perspectives. And when all is said and done, yes, there will be people who were right. And then people who may have been wrong or could have made a better decision. But that's not going to be what destroys us. We, we can manage that. We can, we can survive through that. We've done it before. But that's not going to be what destroys us. It's not going to be who is right or wrong. What will destroy us is after we get through a dark season, because we will, we will. What will destroy us is broken relationships and relationships that are torn because of what was happening. That's what destroys us. Everything comes back to relationship. That's why in the book of Psalm, chapter 55, verse 22, it tells us to cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You know why we cast our cares on him? Because if we just carry our burdens and carry everything that is happening around us, even things we cannot control, we carry those things, our life cannot sustain itself. But when we cast our cares on him, he sustains us and he will never let the righteous be shaken. That's his promise to us. We can live with that promise. He will sustain us under the weight and pressures of perspectives. But we got to do this together. This is the only way that we can keep relationships from being destroyed is if we do this together. And I get it. When there's opposition, when there's difficulties of, of perspectives and, and who's right and who's wrong, who's going to make the wise decision, who's going to make the dumb decision, I get that. But even in that, we have to go back to relationships. That we may disagree with different people, our officials, we may disagree. But what can we do in our responsibilities to do our very best under the circumstances. Consider Jesus. Carry what is yours to carry. And then the last thing, remember that God is our resource. Well, if God is our resource, then why don't I have all these things? Because I just went to the store and no more toilet paper. Because brother, sister, went by 40 crates of toilet paper. And so now we don't have I just need one roll. That's all I need, one roll. That's it. Well, it's bigger than just supplying what we need right now. And sure, we have needs and necessities. But God will still be our resource. 
And it seems like having resources right now is a very difficult issue, tough issue. For, for some people, they never used Purell ever. They've never used antibacterial gel. So this is brand new to them. They'll put it on, they're like, oh, this thing is sticky. Oh my, what is this? Oh, strong. Oh, my eye is burning. <laughs> Killing all the bacteria. Well, Purell runs out. Masks run out. Peanut butter runs out. That's when you know things are, we have issues. Peanut butter is running out. But the Bible promises us this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And this is Paul the apostle who was raising up young men and women to carry on the good news of Jesus Christ. He comes to the, the end of his letter to the church of Philippi. And he talks about how God provided for him and God rescued him and he can do all things. But then he comes to this. And he ends with this to the church in Philippi. He says, oh, by the way, and my God, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's going to provide for you according to his riches, not your earthly wealth and the things that you have here on this earth. He's going to provide for you in greater ways. And yes, we're going to use earthly things, but what he's talking about is something greater that he'll supply all your need. Because what's greater than the necessities that we have is what we need. What do we need right now? Maybe we need hope. Maybe we need strength, endurance. Maybe we have basic needs. Yep, I get it. We do need toilet paper. We do need food. We need water. I get that. But we cannot forget that God is our resource. Just think about everything we have from books to a table to an iPad to a phone, the clothes that we have. God provided all of that. You might think, nope, nope, God never provided this phone for me. I got this from the Apple store. No, God never, he never provided this for me. I got this from Kamea Designs. I didn't, I got my car from the dealership. You, we might be thinking that, but really what God does is he provides and partners with us because when we have imagination to do these things and create these things, it all comes from him. Everything we have comes from the earth. And God created the earth. It was us, mankind, who rebelled against God and brought sin into the world. And now we have sickness and disease and we're dealing with one of the worst pandemics ever in our nation. But God is still our resource. He will still supply all of our needs. Paul uses this expression out of his own experience of God supplying all of his needs. And he passes that on with the hope and promises that God will do the same for you and I. My grandson, Oakley, he's six years old. There's something that Heidi makes for him. It's called cookies and cream. She puts it in a blender with some ice and some other ingredients. But the main ingredient are Oreo cookies. Now, the recipe calls for four Oreo cookies. But Oakley doesn't put four Oreo cookies in there. When Heidi's not looking, he puts four more in. 
he goes to the bag and gets four more. After she makes this, and I think she knows by now that he's adding more cookies because she can see the mixture. After she's done making this, I'm thinking to myself, he is drinking eight Oreo cookies. Eight Oreo cookies. He's drinking that. He loves it. Now, he can go back and get some more Oreo cookies. But that's not what he needs. In fact, he only needs four according to the recipe. But what he doesn't know, and please don't tell him, is that we have in the cabinet a whole bag of brand new Oreo cookies. That's the supply. Not the small little Ziploc bag in our refrigerator. He thinks that's all there is. We know the full supply. When he's worried about not having, we're not worried because we know there still is. We know where the supply is. Those, even, those aren't even his cookies. <laughs> they belong to us. We supply those cookies for, those in, for that ingredient or those ingredients to make his cookies and cream. God has all the supply we need, that we need. And I know we have needs, but we also confuse our needs with wants. I'm not downplaying where we are right now with this virus because there are many needs that we definitely need. But his promise is that he will supply us according all He'll supply all our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He will supply it. But here's where we confuse the two between needs and wants. We want more. And we want. But God gives us what we actually need. You see, we tend to give up not because our needs aren't being met. We give up because we cannot get what we want. We grumble and complain not because our needs aren't being met. We grumble and complain because we don't, we don't get what we want. That's what James chapter 4 verse 2 says. It says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight you do not have because you do not ask God. Let's start asking God. And maybe you've been praying. You've been asking. You've been praying. You've been saying, God, where are you? Where are the needs? Because we, we have these needs. It could very well be that God is doing something greater in our midst than what we can see right now. We want, and we fight because we don't get it. We want to give up because our wants are not, are not being met, not our needs. If we're content with what we have, content with just what we need, then we won't want to give up unless we want more than what we need. We give up not when we have just what we need, Sometimes we give up because we cannot get what we want. 
Her name is Mandy Harvey. And I'll, I'll close with this. She was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, before moving to St. Cloud, Florida. And she had hearing problems and underwent several surgeries as a child to try to correct them. And her family moved to Colorado when she was a young child. She sang throughout her childhood and her talent was recognized at a, at a very early age. Her talent was there where she graduated in 2006. She graduated from Longmont High School. Harvey eventually lost her hearing as a result of the connective tissue disorder that she was dealing with. She lost her remaining hearing when she was 18. And while she was majoring in vocal music education, Colorado State University. She left the university as a result. And after fully losing her hearing in 2007, Harvey became depressed and quit music altogether. However, with the aid of visual tuners, she learned how to find the correct pitches when singing. And because of that correct pitches, she was able to now sing. When she performs, she actually takes off her sandals or her shoes to feel the vibration of the stage under her. She learned to feel the vibration of her vocal cords to find that correct pitch. She was on one of these talent shows with a golden buzzer. And the golden buzzer really meant that she didn't have to go through the entire competition, that they believed in her so much that she would pass right on through to the finals. Well, she auditions and she does her very best. And she tries to perform even under the circumstances that she finds herself in. Let's take a look. You know, when I watched this, I thought that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He hit the golden buzzer, passed us right along because of his love for us. That even in our wanting to give up, even in our frailties and our flaws and our failures, he said, I'm not giving up on you. I will die for you. Consider Jesus. He endured it all. And he is the one that gives us that spirit, that cure for giving up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 tells us to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. With all that's happening, all the distractions that come our way, I wonder if we miss the opportunities and lost sight on seeking the kingdom of God first. I get it. First thing we do when we get up in the morning is we hear the news. Can I encourage you today that from this day forward, we seek him first, his kingdom, that we consider Jesus 
just carry what is yours to carry. We're going to be there for one another, but we need each other. This is the time where we as the church also are there for people. We're not the complainers. It's not in our DNA. We're not the grumblers. We're not the gossipers. We're not the ones pointing fingers. That's not us. Jesus died for us so that we wouldn't have to do the things that we used to do. Now we can live righteously. We can build up and encourage. Let's be those people, church. That's who God made us to be. Don't give up. Consider Jesus continuously. Don't ever forget that God will supply all of our needs. He's our provider. And as we pray today, we're going to ask because that's what he said for us to do. You bow your heads with me. Lord God, we're so thankful that we can come to you, that we're able to ask. We're able to pray to you. Lord, we do pray in this season right now that we don't see everything that is happening. We don't know exactly what you're doing, but we do know this, that we have people who are in desperate need of your strength, your power, and your spirit. So, Lord, we pray for our government. We pray for our president, vice president, cabinet, administrators. We pray for our governor, wherever we would be, whatever state we're in. We pray for our governor. Pray for our mayor, our city council, county council, firefighters, first responders. We pray, all, we pray for all those who are in the healthcare business right now, caring for people, doctors and nurses. We pray for the expanding first responders, our CMAs. We pray for all those who are on the front lines right now, scientists. Give us wisdom, Lord, so that together we'll be able to end what is happening right now. But we trust your timing. We trust your will. Let your will be done, not ours. I pray for those who are far from you right now. Maybe they don't know you. Maybe they, their first step is to consider Jesus, is to come into this relationship with him. And if that's you, wherever you may be, I'm going to say a prayer. And as you repeat after me, you're going to give Jesus your life in exchange for his And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me a future and a hope. I trust you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me into the person you created me to be. I pray this in Jesus' name. And Lord God, that's our prayer today. Thank you for those who said yes to you. I thank you for giving us encouragement, power, strength, wisdom to be in a place that we're in and seeing what's happening. I can see why there's a spirit of giving up going around. But Lord, that's not us today. You have given us a cure for giving up. So we trust you. We're going to persevere because of who you are. So thank you for being the God who has the cure for giving up. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen, amen. We just want to congratulate those that said yes to Jesus around the world. I'm not sure where you are, but please let us know if you received Jesus. If you're on Facebook, just chime in there. Just say, I received Christ today. And people will, they will congratulate you. You can also go to our app. And on our app, there's a place that says, I said yes. And it's a yes packet that will help you with your walk with Jesus Christ. Just want to say congratulations once again. Welcome to the family of God. And we're going to end.